Hello and welcome to the Storytelling with Puck podcast. We will, as always, start with a story. So my story is actually to do with my daughter. So um, my daughter has been and done some traveling and then she came home and she wanted to get a career rather than just be doing sort of coffee shop and just casual work while she was traveling. So she came home, studied to do personal training and nutrition. Um, And then last year, last summer, she was coming towards the sort of final stages of her uh, her course and was going to take the exam. And she needed a case study to do some personal training with for four weeks, then to do the exam after four weeks. And then the, the program was set up for 12 weeks. Now, at this point, I was keeping my head well and truly down because I could see this coming my way and I didn't want it to come my way. <laughs> I had seen her um, ask a couple of other people and for various reasons, they couldn't commit to it. So I was thinking, no please don't ask me I don't want to do three times a week and have to do it and stick to it um but uh, I came home one day and she collared me and said mum and I thought I know what this is going to be and she said would I be her case study for her well you know if if you're a parent you're probably the same as me you can't say no can you so I said yes (laughs) um and uh we got training and um she took me off to a gym and she did all these tests and all the rest of it, set me up my program. I did it for four weeks. Um, We weren't in lockdown at the time. So we were able to go to a gym. However, we did go on holiday and then have to quarantine. So she had to adjust it slightly for us to do it at home. Um, Then we went off to Portsmouth. She did the exam. She passed. I'm very pleased to say nothing to do with my efforts. It was all to do with her efforts. Um, And then on uh, two days later, she got on a plane and started off on her travels again and she went off to Canada. And at that point, I was thinking, okay, so she set this program up for 12 weeks because she had to to pass her exam. I've done it for three, three times a week for the past four weeks. I was actually quite enjoying it. And I was sort of there sort of thinking, am I going to continue with this or do I just sort of slowly let it disappear now? Anyway, I thought, no, no, I'm going to keep going. I'm quite enjoying it. It was, I've done exercise all through my life. I've done various things. Gym work kind of bored me a bit, but I've done classes. I've played squash. I've done all sorts of things, dance, um, and never really stuck at anything. But this kind of worked for me and it was it was purely by chance, really, because it was for this exam. But actually, she's kind of hit on the thing that works for me. So we have been in lockdown. I carry on doing this at home. I still do it three times a week. And actually, I really enjoy it. And I'm a bit sort of a bit obsessed with it now, which is what happens, isn't it? That's what they say, get into a habit and then you don't want to get out of it again. And that's exactly what's happened. In fact, I wasn't very well a couple of weeks ago, missed it for a week. But then as soon as I was feeling better, I was like, right, back on it, back on it. And um, yeah, it's really good, really enjoying it. So the moral of the story is find the thing that works for you, really. Um, because when you find the thing that works for you, then you'll much find it much easier to stick at it, whatever that is, whether that's exercise or other things. So, yeah, that's my little story. <laughs> brilliant story it was and a brilliant moral too. And um, we should probably tell people who are listening for the first time, this isn't an exercise podcast. <laughs> but... No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I absolutely love the story. And, and before we start and talk a bit more about it, actually, um, a little note to anybody who is listening for the first time or anybody who's maybe forgotten. Uh, my name is uh, Stephanie. 
know, I run Puck Creations and I am the regular host of this podcast. Um, if the title Storytelling with Puck um, hasn't given it away, this podcast is all about stories, um, even stories about exercise <laughs> and much, much importantly about, <laughs> about different habits you get into too. Um, so we will share stories, we'll chat about stories um, and we will see how stories fit in with the business world too. But of course, we could not do any of this without our wonderful guests. So let's start this podcast properly by introducing the amazing Tracy Hooper. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Tracy? Thank you. Yes, I'm, I'm Tracy Hooper. I'm a personal style coach, um, which I have been doing for the last 12 years. And the main thing I do is I work with women, professional women, to help them uh, create a look that gives a great first impression of themselves and their business. But as well as that, what's more important to me is that they feel confident to go out and do whatever they need to do in their business. And that's offline as well as online. First impressions are just as important online as they are offline. So yeah, that's mainly what I do. And there's lots of things tied up with that, but that basically in a in a sentence or two is what I do. That that uh, that, that that sounds like you've uh, you, you've said that a few times before. And you know, <laughs> I have. <laughs> you know you know how to explain it now because uh, it's it sums it up really well. I love it. Um, and uh, what I like as well actually is is kind of almost the link to a story there. So the link to the story you just told, although your story wasn't about your business and about how you help people to feel confident in themselves. What your story yes. was about, I I I think, um, was as you say, getting to understand what works for you and yes. getting to understand how you are able to enjoy something and get into the habit and into the process do you think that relates in some way to what you're teaching your clients as well as to get to understand what works for them absolutely yeah that's 100% what it's all about it's um it's about me helping them understand um things like their body shape their skin tone uh, their personality all those things and what what is going to work best for them as an individual taking all of those elements and also the thing I love about working with professional women is that all stylists work with body shape color um, personality I love adding in the extra dimension of what's your business what's the message you're trying to give through everywhere you show up whether that's personally or your branding or whatever what is the message you want people to receive now let's portray that through your clothing and add in that extra element which is kind of what makes it quite exciting um because you know to pull all of those things together uh, you know I often come across people who say oh, I should be able to do this myself there's actually a lot to try and pull together and you know that's not your main focus your main focus is running your business so to try and figure all of this stuff out as well as run your business is quite unrealistic so to have somebody else come in and pull all of that together for you can actually be really helpful that's really interesting um Something we do at Puck Creations, I won't talk about us too much, it's uh, it's all about you, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd love to hear. <laughs> at Puck Creations is, is we, we, we do um, full-day workshops where we work with clients on their brand and defining their brand. So understanding yes. who they are, what makes them, what their values are, yeah. um, what their purpose is, who their audience is, all of that kind of stuff, how, how they get to to where they want to be. And that will build up a, a base. It builds up a solid foundation for then how they communicate their message. Um, yes. And I think what's really interesting is that when you define your brand well, and you truly understand that every piece of communication and every action you take 
is all part of your brand and part of how you are, are getting people to understand you and to get to know you better. People often think, oh, okay, so that means I need a logo or I need a website. Yeah. And yes, they're important things. But there's so much more to it than that, including, I think, what you've just been talking about, yes. which is how do you dress? How do you look? Um, the, yeah. the huge brands, the celebrities um, of the world and um, the politicians of the world, they often have stylists for that exact reason they, they have a very specific look what, what are your thoughts on I guess the stories you tell with your clothing and, and how that associates with your brand uh, well actually as you were talking I was thinking you know you and I are actually doing incredibly similar things you know mm -hmm. trying to figure out all of that stuff you know what's your ideal client who you're trying to reach what's the message you want to give all exactly the same and most people when they start out in business consider all of those things I used to do a talk at a networking meeting and this was exactly what I talked about when you get started you talk about your logo your branding your colors your fonts your website your social media do you extend that into yourself how do you show up? Do you give the same message to people when you, you know, when you meet them? At the time it was face to face, but we know now it's online as well. It's the same thing. You know, what is the message you're giving? And um, there's, I can't actually remember your original question, but I'll carry on talking anyway. I used to sort of say to people, you know, if you were, I used to know people who sold a really high tech kitchen gadget. And sometimes they would go out to demonstrate it in casual clothing, old, you know, not particularly um, high quality. And you kind of think, okay, is that is that a good representation of what you're trying to sell? Surely you should dress, not in the, the top designer clothes. I'm not saying you have to do that, but certainly good quality, modern, not tired looking clothing that represents your brand and what you're selling, you know, and, and actually very few people take it that step further into their clothing and their visual brand or, you know, visual communication or whatever you want to call it. It's all the same thing, but, um, but yeah, it's a really important thing. And um, I could talk about this for hours. So shut me up in a minute, but first impressions are made in such a short space of time. I don't know if you know, Stefano, do you know how short a time it is that first impressions are made in? I don't I don't know the uh, the official the official stat the official number so enlighten us well I think most people think it's either seven seconds or three seconds and there, there's some you know studies to suggest those could be true but I did read one study that said it could be as little as one tenth of a second wow. now one tenth of a second is a very short amount of time and you have not got time to even stretch out your hand to shake your hand or open your mouth to say hello it is all visual so people are making thousands of judgments about you just based on the way you look so you know you can tell a story about yourself and your brand and your business what you're trying to do through the clothes that you wear um, but it just takes a bit of thought and a bit of preparation and as you said you know some of the top people do use stylists we know they do um, so yeah yeah. Something that um, I guess a question that some people might occasionally have is, uh, and they'll ask the same question of us sometimes too, when we're working with them on, on, on their branding is, but if you're doing all of this, 
Aren't you portraying a false message? If you're if you're if you're saying um, you know you're trying to stick to consistently talking in one type of way, or you're trying to um, write in a certain way, you're trying to put a video out there that's a certain way because of the brand's definition that you have. And I think this is a key word because there are differences that you have created is the word yes. people often use. Whereas I don't think you create a brand; I think you define it. But um, yeah. people use the word created. They say, if you've created this brand, aren't you kind of faking it? Aren't you being false? Um, and especially, I imagine that when it then comes to the story that you tell with your clothing, people will be saying that even more. Do you get that sometimes that people come and say, well, I don't really want to do this because it doesn't feel right? I get questions about that sort of thing. But actually being authentic is a big part of what I do is helping people to be their authentic selves, because it's only when you're feel you feel and you look authentic that you're going to be confident so that's a big part of it so I talked very briefly a little a few moments ago about personality so you can actually express who you are as a person through your clothing and I actually have a story to tell about this if I may can I tell a story about this this? is what we're here for (laughs) (laughs) so when I first decided also a little bit of background I'm also a trained uh, beauty therapist therapist and I was doing the two businesses alongside each other for a long time and my beauty clients kind of provided my styling work Mm -hmm. so I didn't have to go out and do a lot to go and get the styling work I was very lucky it was just people I knew from the beauty clients and then people they knew and um, so that that was my client base and then I decided um long story, which I won't bore you with, but then I decided I wanted to focus more on the styling side of things and less on the beauty. So I was kind of like, well, okay, how am I going to do this? How am I going to go out there and get more clients? Um, And I decided to go to networking. Business networking seemed like a good logical step. So I joined a network and then was faced with that first meeting that I was going to. Now, I don't know whether this is because I'm a stylist and I'm very conscious of it, but my first thought was, oh gosh, what am I going to wear? (laughs) And, And even as a stylist, I was kind of stuck in that. And it took me a while to figure it out, to be honest, because my personality is I'm, and certainly with my clothes, I'm quite feminine, quite girly, quite like all the sort of frills and pretty lace and pearls and you know all of the all of the feminine bits that you might might wear as part of your clothing which is great that expresses my personality but that too much of that is not taken seriously in business and I was aware of that and so I was kind of thinking well okay so what am I going to wear that still is is me and authentic and gives because there's that no like trust factor isn't there so you've got to help people to get to know you and like you in order that they trust you enough to buy from you so how am I going to do this and tone down that side of myself so it took a while to kind of figure that out and I've now you know that was a few years ago I've now got it sorted and I feel very comfortable with the style I've um, created if you want to use that word but it is still still authentically me you know I've I still bring in those elements that reflect that sort of feminine side of me Um, But I still can do that as well as project a professional image. And so... Which is also um, part of you, right? Because you are a professional. Yes. So I think that's that's where the link comes in, is that it's not... um, and again, that's something when when I when I was talking earlier about the, the differences between creating a brand and defining a brand. Yes. I think that's where the difference comes in 
um, I won't go too deep, uh, deeply into this, but we, we, we often talk about the difference between brand and reputation and the brand are the actions you take um, right. in order to try and get people to see you the way that you want to be seen or the way yes. that you believe you are as a, as, a, as a person or as a company. Your reputation is defined by everyone else. Right. You have a level of control over your reputation in, in terms of you have a brand and you can you can create that. Yes. And hope people respond to them, but you can't. You can't judge what everybody else thinks. That's that's their decision. That's true. Yeah. So when people create a brand, and they talk about creating a brand, often what they they are doing, and uh, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying everyone who says to create a brand is doing this because it's just words. Um, but yeah. but when, when what often what they are doing is they are trying to come up with something which they think will hopefully suit enough of the right kind of people and touch enough of the right kind of people. But they often forget that what they really need to do first is look at who they are. And that's where defining yes. your brand comes in. So they need to look yes. at the things that matter to them, the things like we were talking about your personality, what kind of personality do you really have? And this is a wider than individuals too. When you're talking about businesses, businesses have a personality. Yes. Um, things like uh, how, how, what is your eventual goal? How are, you going to, um, how are you going to achieve it? What gets you up every morning to do the work that you want to do? All of these kind of things are what define your brand. Yeah. And once you fully understand it, and you also understand your audience, who, by the way, will be your audience because you have decided that they're the kind of people you want to speak to. So therefore, you then don't need to try and change yourself for your audience. You just need to realize you're attracting the audience you've already yes. come up with because you wanted to speak to them. At that point, you're able to get your messaging right so that you're speaking to people in the way that is truly you, yes. but is also clear and consistent. And you look for the bits about you because everyone has them that are relevant and that are different and that make you stand out. Yeah. And that goes across all branding. But I think especially again with what you were talking about with your story, um, it goes across clothing, um, very yes. much goes across clothing because what you're saying is, look, this is me, this is my personality, this is how I stand out and how, how I make myself different and how I am relevant to you. And this is all within those split seconds that you're it is. on yeah. the first impression. It's not conscious. And it's the same with a lot of branding. A lot of it isn't conscious. It's all in the subconscious. Yes. So that's why I love your story there because I think it really, in, in some ways, the clothing idea emphasizes the point we make better than almost anything else because of that instantaneous yes yes and you know we all know that that is something that you know it's human nature we can't we can't change that we all make those instant judgments but we can it's like you were saying you can you can't you know your your reputation is due, due to other due to other people but you can steer it in the way you would like it to go same with that initial judgment you can't necessarily um, you can't you can't necessarily say what anybody's going to think of you, but you can help that process. You can help to give the, the impression you want to give and clothing. Well, it's not just clothing, actually. It's your whole general appearance. You know, the way you show up, um, it goes down to not just your clothing. It's down to the, the bag or the briefcase you carry, the, the coat you wear, the that is clothing, you, you know, the pen, the pen you pull out of your bag. If you've got to sign something, you know, it, it all adds up to this impression of you. Um, and and every every uh, detail is important. Um, you know, I sort of 
I talk to women about uh, a lot. Obviously, I talk to women all the time. And, you know, even things like, um, you know, if you're going to a first meeting, nail polish, not not having chipped nail polish is really important. It's better to have no, no nail polish than chipped nail polish because people notice those little details and they say something that you might not want people to, you know, the message people to get. So here's a question around that, actually, which I find I, I, I do find interesting. If somebody had the kind of brand where they wanted to almost come across as being very rough and ready, if they wanted to come across as they still want to look professional, um, but maybe their target audience is the kind of target audience that doesn't like people in corporate suits, that doesn't... Yes. That doesn't yeah. Would then the message of the nail polish change? Would actually maybe having chip nail polish is kind of part of you if that makes sense and maybe maybe sometimes having uh it could still be stylish and it could still be kind of set up so that it's always consistent but if you have clothing that is maybe a little bit rougher maybe some um some particular type of businesses when they go into networking meetings need to almost be wearing tracksuit bottoms and um <laughs> and and uh, a t-shirt because that's how they come across that we would a mindset change a little bit if the brand was attracting a slightly different audience to how you would might advise them? Well, yes, it certainly does change um, depending on the target audience. Target audience is incredibly important. And, and actually, even within, even within the brands that you put together, there will be different scenarios you go into that you have to have different, I call it levels of formality. So there's the okay. corporate, you know, the black suit and the white shirt, that's highly corporate. That's the top level of formality. Well, actually, you can go even higher than that to the tux for a, for a, a formal um like an awards dinner or something that can still be part of a personal brand and then you go down to the very casual but wherever you are within that and that that can be so for instance if you were talking to a media company for instance i wouldn't suggest going in in a suit because you just stick out like a sore thumb and it would be the impression would be that you don't know the people you're talking to you haven't researched it you don't know that they they're not into that sort of smart um, business look they're far more likely to be into jeans and a check shirt um, so you know you need to take your level of dress down and I will say to people if you're going to meet with a company make sure your level of dress is just one tiny step higher just to show that little bit of respect but that you do understand them so that might be um, let's take the media thing with the jeans and the check shirt you might wear um, jeans and um, a shirt and maybe um, a jumper so you're just that little bit smarter but you still get the whole relaxed vibe of the media industry um, having said all that for me and I you know I, I'm not saying that this is an absolute rule that but this is just the, what I would advise my clients things like chipped nail polish um, a, a, a a rubbishy plasticky pen that you pull out of your bag actually show something different and they show that you haven't really bothered that much with the details okay. because chipped nail polish okay if you're a rock star maybe that is part of the the look that you're portraying but for most people in business it just looks like you haven't made the effort Fair enough. No, that's, that's and that applies to chip nail polish it doesn't apply to makeup I'm not saying every woman in business has to wear makeup for instance because for some people that's not authentic for them and I you know you certainly shouldn't put on a mask 
if if you really are and there's a lot of women who don't wear makeup that's absolutely fine you have to be you and as you said earlier even with the nail polish right you did say that if you'd rather just not wear nail polish then that's that that's but it's the idea of the chip nail polish is that yes. not putting the effort in and you kind of haven't even got out of bed kind of idea yes or haven't even thought about the fact that you're going to a meeting so it's a it's a lack of respect yes okay that, that's... i think so and the same you know to sort of take it away from just women with uh, nail polish if you've got um you know if you go with a pen that's branded with tesco's on it for instance or whatever you know that's that that doesn't give a very good impression go with a nice pen a nice pen says a, a whole lot you know if you've got to sign something then get a nice pen out of your bag it, i'm not it, sure if i have to say this or not there are other supermarkets available um <laughs> yes there are yes i'm sorry <laughs> there are other supermarkets available <laughs> we're not on, we're, we're, we're not on uh, we're not on the professional radio i'm sure it doesn't matter <laughs> but uh but no i think they, 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 they're really good points and um i think actually a lot of that sometimes comes down to um uh again the consistency with things like values so something we do quite often when we go into um our clients and we uh, do these workshops is we ask them uh, to, to define their values. We ask them to, to, to explain what they think are the most important parts of their business. And quite often, at least initially, clients struggle a little bit with this, especially if we're talking to uh, you know, small, medium-sized businesses. If it's an individual, they sometimes know them a bit better when we're talking to freelancers. But small to medium-sized businesses, you have to work out what the group values are. And yeah. so they'll go down the almost corporate listing road of the more common ones, and for which they think sound good. So they'll say something like transparency. We're right. really, we've got transparency as one of our key values. So the first question that Cyan and I usually ask is, um, can we please see your latest wage slip? Wow. If, if transparency is truly like yes. a, a, everything is transparent within your business, then yeah. I want to see your latest wage slip and I, I, because you're completely transparent. This yeah. is what you say your value is. And the reason I mentioned that is because then it's the same thing when it comes back to clothing and to the other ways that you communicate. It can't be a value if you're only doing it to potentially your ideal buyer. If you're not transparent with your suppliers, if you're not transparent yes. with your business partners, then transparency isn't a value. It's a part of your business, yes. And yeah. you can say we are transparent with all of this stuff to our clients, but it's not the core of your business. And so you have to work out what is the core and what are the, what are the things that make you, you. Yeah. And then you release that into the world with things like the way you dress and yes. the way that you communicate. That's that's how I see it anyway. And that's how we see it. As, as, yeah. It seems to be similar to the way that you you kind of teach your clients. It, it's very similar. And I actually love what you've just said about, you know, if they say transparency, can I see your wage slip? Because actually we can say these things very easily, can't we? But actually, does it apply across everything or are you applying it to one particular aspect of your business? So, for instance, I um, did a blog post recently about uh, the beginning of the year about my values um, in my work with clients. And one of them was being non-judgmental. And I think it's really important that I am non-judgmental because obviously you know, people are sharing with me stuff that perhaps they wouldn't share with everybody. Um, I'm looking into their wardrobes. I'm seeing them try different clothing on. I have to be non-judgmental. Mm -hmm. And yes, I've just said, 
don't go out with chip nail polish. That could be seen as judgmental, couldn't it? So, you know, does it apply across absolutely everything? Um, I mean, hopefully I'm saying the nail polish thing to help people to make the right impression and make you think about things that you may think are not important, but actually because of our human um, instinct to make judgments, they really are important and people notice even if you don't think they're important. Does that make sense? It's kind of, it's like, it's the same sort of thing, isn't it? Is Does this go across the whole the whole of what you portray. Yes, that's exactly it. Um, and sometimes, you know, uh, uh, again, um, we, we, we're a little bit careful with, you know, we do ask those kind of questions, but also sometimes people are slightly confused with, um, it, it's vocabulary. It's purely a vocabulary yes. thing. They don't know which word to use to describe what their value is. And so they yes. say something like transparency, or maybe they actually mean honesty because they're honest about the fact that they're never going to give you the wage slip. They're also honest in, in, in terms of they'll explain to you why they can, why they can't do something, why they can't help you. And, you know, maybe they, there's other things that back up what they, what, what they, what they say is, is, is honesty. So uh, you're, you're right um, about the idea that um, being non, non-judgmental, um, maybe in some ways you are kind of judging the idea that they're, they're, they're wearing um, chipped nail polish, but the reason that you're, you're you're doing that is so that other people aren't able to judge them so maybe again that's just a well what's the vocabulary behind it and that's not what's important because what's important with your values is that you understand what they mean um yes you understand that well actually no we're not we're not completely transparent necessarily and the reason that's so important is because that thing drives through to everybody within your company and it's the only way you can be consistent because yeah talking about values is one thing. Yes. Them is yes. another. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I, I, again, that's that, that comes back again, I think, to you and talking about clothing and what you wear, but also everything else that you do within the business and how you communicate with people. But also internally, if you're if you're going around and say shouting at the top of your voice um, every single day that um, we are we, we have integrity. With, and that's all you do you just go around and every day you shout to all of your um, staff we have integrity integrity is really important to us but every single person in the office or in the factory or wherever it is thinks of integrity as something different yeah integrity means them some yes. people will mean integrity means doing what you think is right no matter what that's probably my assessment of integrity yeah. but other people will think that it's doing what the company thinks is right no matter what and so you have to define that and then show integrity in everything you do yeah. rather than yeah. just tell people to have integrity. Yes. And, and integrity is quite a tricky one, isn't it? Because it can, you know, when you, when you define it as doing what you believe is right, of course, everybody's definition of what's right is different. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> so that's quite tricky. And I was actually thinking about this, going back to my nail, chip nail polish. Yes, that could be seen as judgmental. But one of my big values is being completely honest with people about the way they look. Now, I'm be, going to be very clear about that because I'd have to look at whether I'm completely honest about everything now have in the light of this conversation. <laughs> but certainly in terms of, I mean, I hope I am. That's one of the things that's important to me. But you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know for sure that I would, if you asked me a question, would I be able to be 100% honest about everything? I don't know. Um, but in terms of my clients, I think it's really important that they know that I will be completely honest with them. So, you know, that is part of the chip nail polish. I'm going to be honest with you. You're not going to give a good impression if you've got chip nail polish. But um, on the other hand, 
I will tell you if something looks great on you. I will tell you if something doesn't, because there is no point in me sending you out in something that doesn't look amazing because that doesn't do you any good. It doesn't do me any good. I've got to make sure you know, and I can do that in a nice way. I've learned to do things in a nice way. Another little story is um, for a while, I used to work um, in a wedding dress shop um, and um, I worked on the shop floor and we obviously used to get all sorts of people come in all sorts of shapes, all sorts of sizes coming in, asking for a wedding dress. And there were times when we, I had to learn how to say nicely, no, that's not really doing it for you. <laughs> Even if they thought it was, you had to, and, and, and I learned this little trick. So anybody who ever comes to work from me, if you hear me say this, you know where it's come from. It's okay, but I think we can do better. <laughs> <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> and I think, but that, that is true, isn't it? That, you know, yes, Okay, it, it doesn't look dreadful, but um, I honestly think that there's a better way and, you know, we could tweak this or we could try a different style or whatever it is that would make it look better for you. So, yeah, I do believe in being honest with people um, because what's the point otherwise? They, you know, if they, if they just want, they just want somebody... Too. Sorry, I'm, it's interesting, but if they just want somebody to tell them they look amazing no matter what, go shopping with your mum or your sister or your best friend. You know, I, I, that's not what you're coming to me for. You're coming to me for an honest opinion. That's it. That's exactly it. Um, and so I guess that links in some ways when you're talking about honest opinions and you're talking about uh, stories and how you are explaining um, to, to people in a very nice way that... <laughs> Quite right. Um, <laughs> but do you have um, maybe a story that surrounds a particular item of clothing, something which maybe uh, maybe developed on a person or you thought didn't suit someone or something just around an item of a clothing that you thought actually this works really well on this particular person? And there was a kind of a, a story of that item. <laughs> the only thing I can think of, because basically most, most, most items of clothing will suit most people, it's just the shape or style. Okay. So I can't think of a particular one item that either did or didn't look great on a particular person. But I had one client who, um, her, she's very much in the business world, needing to give a good professional image. And she used to she used to, she still does, goes to lots of meetings, some of which are not very easy. Um, you know, she might be having to deliver bad news or whatever. Okay. Um, so dressing right was very important, but she loved vintage. And so uh, she, she used to dress very vintage, not necessarily for work, but loved vintage. And so we were trying to find a way of just bringing in just a little tiny bit of the vintage, just to, to show that side of her personality, but still look professional. And um, actually she found these glasses that are in the sort of vintage style and um, just look absolutely incredible on her and suit her so well she just looks even with like a, a very you know professional looking outfit on she can wear these glasses and she just looks incredible um and say so she found them that wasn't down to me um but they just look amazing absolutely amazing and that's what you know getting the right thing for the right person that's authentic that suits them that shows their personality really makes a difference because she looked incredible in those. If you put them on me, I'd look hideous. I would look absolutely <laughs> hideous. <laughs> um, 
Um, so I don't know if that answers your question, but it's, no, um, it does actually, and it, it answers what I like about it is it answers it in a way that I wasn't necessarily expecting because what you've talked about there is instead of particular item of clothing being something special, what you've done is you've linked it to well. It, the, the the clothing is only special if it is attached to the right person and i i, I like that i think that's um, i think that's actually that's that's probably a much more succinct way of saying what i've just said <laughs> i can only say it because you explained it that way <laughs> um, um now you you may not want to answer this um but uh have you ever had a really bad style day yourself you came home and you just thought Oof. oh loads of them loads of them <laughs> Just because I'm a stylist doesn't mean I don't get it wrong. <laughs> yeah, all the time. Um, can I think of anything in particular? Well, actually, one of my first forays into networking, I'd gone out specifically to, because I, I mean, I hadn't got business clothing. I hadn't needed it before then. You know, just being a stylist, I could just be me. And that worked quite well. But then when I started going to business networking, that was slightly different. I was having to then portray my business not just myself if that makes sense so I needed it to be slightly more professional so I went out I kind of looked into it a bit thought about how I'm going to do this and what I decided to do was because of my sort of slightly girly feminine personality I was going to buy something businessy sort of typical tailored sort of styles if you can imagine but then add a touch of the feminine so maybe a scarf or a necklace or something pretty and feminine just to make it me so I went out shopping for um a dress to wear to my one of my first networking meetings found a nice navy dress a little bit of detailing around the neck it was really really nice had a little jacket to go with it it was actually I think I wore a cardigan not a jacket didn't need to be that tailored so I got this this um this jacket and it all seemed fine got dressed in the morning all fine went off to the networking meeting and I was actually sitting down on a sofa with the chap who ran the networking meeting <laughs> this is very embarrassing <laughs> The chap who ran the networking meeting, we were sitting on the sofa having a coffee, chatting, and I realised that when I sat down, this dress rode up a little further than it should have done for a business meeting. I'm not saying I was actually, you know, inappropriate, but it was certainly... I was the whole time I'm sitting there shifting down, trying to make this uh, sit down lower than it actually did. <laughs> and say it wasn't, it wasn't inappropriate, but it was certainly... It, it was certainly higher than I would want in a business setting with sitting with a man that I didn't know. <laughs> now, now, the key question, the key question is, did anybody else notice? Well, I don't know whether he did notice or not, but he was very polite and didn't he say so if he did. That's good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> so on that lovely embarrassing note, because that's how, uh, that's how, that's, that's, that's how all of these podcasts should really end. I'm going to aim it towards that way in the future. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's not over. It's not overly embarrassing, really. It's a lovely story, and I think uh, I think one of the great things about that story, um, and there's a few stories that we heard during the storytelling with Puck Week like this as well, um, is that it's so relatable. There are going to be so many people who have been in that exact situation, yeah. um, both male and female, who have gone out of the house wearing something which they thought, "Oh, yeah, this is perfect," and then by the time they got to their final destination, went. Yeah, this this is not quite what I thought it was. <laughs> no, <laughs> so that's that's one of the key the key things I think that stories do to bring people together is they help you to connect and they help yes. you to feel something. They help you to feel embarrassed with you or they help you to kind of laugh off that embarrassment. Yeah. Um, sometimes they and make you feel sad, etc. It's all those lovely. It is all those things, and you know, particularly for me with this style thing, 
um, I think it actually helps if people know that I don't always get it right. Yeah. Um, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm an imperfect human, the same as everybody else. And, you know, sometimes I misjudge it. That's just the way it is, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. that. And also, again, that's another relatability thing, because everybody within their own careers potentially looks perfect to the outside world. Yeah. But they know inside that they are getting things wrong all the time. And sometimes yeah. they want to hope that everyone else is getting things wrong. At least <laughs> too. Not, not, not too much, because otherwise they're not going to do a very yeah. good job for you. But just just enough. Yes, <laughs> so, exactly. Just enough. Yeah. Just enough. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but it was a lovely story um, and it has been absolutely wonderful um, speaking with you. Thank you very, very much for uh, joining the, the Storytelling with Pup podcast. Before, oh, thank you very much for inviting me. It's been lovely. Of course, of course. Be- but before we go, what I would uh, really like to do, um, and more importantly, what I'm sure the listeners would like, um, is if you could tell them maybe a little bit about uh, one or two of the packages that you offer and how you can help people. And also, if they would like those packages, or just to say hello and get to know you um, where they can find you okay thank you yes lovely to have the opportunity to say so thank you very much for that um, I offer two main packages um, one and they're based on time really one where I work with um, this all one-to-one work with a, a lady one-to-one over a year and basically I organize her entire wardrobe and all the outfits she needs for not for every day but for every day that that she needs something in particular for um, right the way through the year. But we do all of the normal stuff like sorting out, um, you know, style, shape, color, all of that. We do that at the beginning, but basically I manage her wardrobe and shop for her and put outfits together for her for whatever she needs for the whole year. Um, And then the second one is sort of a truncated version of that. So I work over three months um, and, again do all of the stuff to equip her to go and work on her own after we finish working together but then do stuff for her for the three months and I I've deliberately chosen to work with people over a period of time a lot of stylists will just offer a one-off service give you the information send you on your way and I did do that to start with but I didn't find most of us know we can only take on three bits of information at any one time so to throw a whole load of information at somebody and expect them to go and put it into practice I found that people weren't able to do that so I actually prefer to work with people and coach them through that process and equip them to then be able to do the the same things for themselves after we finish working together so those are the two packages the main ones that I do Um, The main place that I hang out and that you will find me is on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on LinkedIn regularly. I spend a lot of my days there conversing with people and and posting and engaging. Um, And then, of course, I've got my website and um, I'm the the same in both places. So it's www.tracyjanehooper.com and just Tracy Jane Hooper on LinkedIn. Um, I don't know if you're going to put it somewhere with the show notes, are you? Because it's not straight, straightforward name, but not straightforward spelling. I have to spell it out because it's Tracy without an E and Jane with a Y. <laughs> okay. Um, you can spell it on here just in case the people are listening and want to go straight there, but I will also put it on the transcript as well. Okay, so Tracy is T-R-A-C-Y, no E, and Jane is J-A-Y-N-E, and then Hooper, H-O-O-P-E-R. And if if anybody would like any help whatsoever or just wants to chat about, you know, maybe you've got one little thing that I can help you with, please DM me on LinkedIn and I will definitely reply and um, be happy to chat with you. Maybe jump on a call if you want to, and I can either help you myself or maybe point you in the right direction for... um, you know, if I can't help. Well, 
Who could say no to that? Thank you so much for joining us today, Tracy. So, we'll finish as we started with a story about a family member. This one is called My Big Sister. Rolling her eyes probably wasn't the best idea, but she wasn't about to take that from anyone. Who was he to speak to her in that way? What right did he have? Admittedly, those might not have been her exact thoughts, but it was how I pictured her heroic resilience when she stood up for me once again. I was only in year three at the time, my first year in primary school, but luckily lots of my friends from infant school were in the same class. Footballs weren't allowed in the third year's playground because it was too small, and we were too small, so we had to think of other games to play. Once we got bored with swapping cards and playing tag, we decided to race. We did this most days and I was very competitive. I had to win. Long story short, I did win. Except that was only the start of this story. You see, what made that day different was the weather. It had dropped below zero and we probably would have been safer wearing ice skates. One or two had already slipped but most of us didn't mind. We were made of stronger stuff so we got back up and screamed with joy rather than pain. This one, however, hurt a lot more. Mainly because I didn't land on the ground. I put my hand through Miss Begley's window. After the initial shock, it was the sight of more blood than could possibly have come out of one child on my chubby hand that made me start to cry. Yet the crying only turned into wailing when instead of being cuddled and having my hand looked at, I was shouted at for breaking the window and sent to the headmaster's office. As I made my way through the assembly hall to the corridor that only adults were supposed to go to alone, my sister Sophia caught me crying. She was only three years my elder, but she was many years my better. And she kindly looked at my hand and asked me what happened. As I quite coherently explained that, and then, window, it wasn't my fault. She gave me a hug. Our head teacher, Mr. Flanagan, wasn't happy with that. He pulled us both to one side and told my sister that I was in big trouble. She was not to loiter or to cause any more trouble herself. If she did, we'd both be in detention and our parents would be called in. Those dreaded words. Maybe it's not the same anymore, but when I was a child, the idea of being told off by a teacher was only really scary because of the consequences at home. Mum would be told and she would be more disappointed than angry, which would really hurt. She'd tell dad and he'd be angry that mum was disappointed and well, there was the potential for a lot of hurt there too. I cowered at the very idea, but my sister stayed calm. It wasn't his fault, she demanded. He shouldn't have been allowed to race on the ice in the first place. With my pride full and my fear still stomach turning, Mr Flanagan gave Sophia one last warning. She stayed quiet, but before she walked away, she rolled her eyes. The tension it was, 
but she thought it was worth it, and I was forever grateful. Our parents weren't as angry as we thought they'd be. In the school's defence, they had actually warned us not to race. A lot. They'd also wrapped my cut, which wasn't that big, as they were telling me to go to the head teacher's office. But that wasn't what I saw at the time. I just saw an injustice fought by my unconditional advocate. You've just been listening to the Storytelling with Puck podcast. We'll be back very soon, so make sure you subscribe and catch up on any of the episodes you've missed.